My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. If you got your little red books, it, feels, it still feels really weird to say. We're going to get to a different document very soon. Um, and some of you may have seen the picture that I put in the uh, Facebook group yesterday, but I, I dropped Philippians off at the... I, Mitch, you're going to have to tell me the right... Is this the, the binding that gets done at this point? Like it's just binding? Okay, cool. Yes, because it was... I don't, I don't think you guys want uh, 95 unbound sheets of paper. Like that seems like a disaster waiting to happen, so... Uh, so it's at the UPS store, so uh, if you would, be praying for the lady that owns the UPS store here in Hickson, because she and I have had several good conversations about what this document is and who it talks about. So yet another thing that I never thought that I would get to have a conversation with the UPS lady about, so it's kind of cool. But we're in uh, chapter 5 and 6 today. This is week 4 of uh, Toward a More Biblical Approach to Bible Study. Uh, just a quick review in week one, uh, we had a look at the preface and our preparation. Uh, week two was our process, uh, the first couple of steps, so praying with others, hearing with others. Uh, week three was thinking with others, studying with others. Today is sharing and inviting others. And then, Lord willing, next week will be our practice, so that'll be our last practice where we kind of bake all the feedback in and uh, get this refined down. Uh, and then we will begin, Lord willing, the next week, Philippians. So I'm excited about that. All right, so uh, today is week four. This is uh, steps five and six in our process, sharing with others and inviting others. So we'll just jump right in. Uh, so in chapter five, we talk about several different attitudes and actions. Um, but one of the, there's probably two underlying uh, themes or tones as we go through the Little Red Book. One is none of this is about being in a hurry. None of this is about being in a rush. So there's, no, there's no really such thing as a rushed Bible study. Like That just seems really awkward. And I, I don't read the scripture and get a sense that God is rushed or in a hurry at any point. If anything, it is, you know, he counts in ages and we count in seconds, right? I mean, it's just this whole different concept. And the second is the communal nature of uh, all of this stuff as it works through. So if you'll, if you'll actually go back to page five for just a second, I want you to look at the table of contents. And, and you're like, well, what is there to learn from the table of contents? Look at the pronouns. Right? It's just hour, 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 hour. And then with others, with others, with others. With it. Like, this is not a singular sport. This is a group activity. It's a group activity. All right, so back to Chapter 5. That's my little soapbox. Um, I tried to find a successful solo Bible study in the Bible, and I, I couldn't. I could only find an unsuccessful one, the Ethiopian eunuch who's reading the scripture and has no clue, like, how can I get this unless somebody explains it to me? He's like, well, it feels like exhibit A, your honor. So there we go. We don't do this alone. So a couple of our attitudes. Um, the first one I've got here is intention. 
I believe this is the only verse that I'm not taking out of the CSB. Um, the CSB gets a little bit paraphrasy in some parts of the scripture. And I, I like to lean back into it, just a slightly more literal translation. So the ESV, I think, gets to the heart of <laughs> the heart of the verse, I think, a little bit better. Uh, so the ESV, Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Um, so... So I really want to go on like a 10-minute diatribe about wouldn't Facebook be a fun thing to engage in if everybody just did that, right? Like if we just paused and for a second, like, like how would be a good way to respond to this? But I'm not going to get into this. But you guys have heard me say this before. Um, you know, the Bible assumes that we know what the answer is because God has given us his word. This is about how we respond and how we engage. So this second paragraph underneath our attitudes um, our Lord Jesus Christ masterfully demonstrates this to us over and over in the Gospels. He responds differently to different people because they are different people. This is one of the things that I always get tickled with when somebody rolls out, here's the one way to share the Gospel. I'm like, have you, have you looked at the life of our Lord? Because he mixed it up like crazy. Like it was amazing. He could use anything. Like the one thing that he focused on was that it goes through him. Like, that was, the, that was the central component of all of his approaches was that it was him. It's like, okay, so we can use all these different things to engage. But, uh, but so sometimes his answer was a question. Sometimes his answer was a statement. One time his answer was drawing in the dirt. Now, I told you before that my editor for this uh, is not a believer. And Kiki, in, the, in her notes, when she hand-wrote the, the notes out for me for the uh, editing on the book, she was like, give me more examples of this. And I was like... Wait just a second. Did you just ask me to tell you more about Jesus? I think you did. So I'm going to get you guys right now to help me. So put your thinking caps on. What are other examples? What are other ways that Jesus engaged with people when they came to him looking for God? And I will tell you, there's a ton of right answers to this question. So I've got my little red pen out. So he would take a healing opportunity and turn it into a teaching opportunity. Absolutely. And not just, I love the way you put that, though, the, not just responding to the one person who asked the question, but, oh, you know what? There are larger, there's a larger group here. <laughs> You're all the audience. And then at the same time, he would do this masterful job of telling a parable with the intention of not, good morning, sir, with the intention of not actually trying to be clear to certain people in the audience, which... I can't imagine how frustrating that would have been to the people in the audience. Like, I showed up here, and you're intentionally not going to be clear with me. <laughs> like, that would be challenging, right? But nonetheless. All right, so other examples. Ma yes, ma'am.
just being our example. Absolutely. So he was, he was demonstrating the thing that he was teaching, not just saying the words, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's a good thought. So you, now you've made me piggyback back to, you know, how, can, how are we made? How can we engage? We can engage with knowledge, with our heads. We can engage with passion, with our hearts. We can engage with our hands, actually doing something. Jesus did all of these, right? And there are portions of the scripture where we actually get to see how he had compassion on people. I like that. That's very good. I don't have enough room in the margin of my little book, so I'm going to start marking up here. That might be a good way to organize that. To put them into those kind of buckets. So, other examples? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes he was vague and sometimes he was shockingly crystal clear, right? That's good. Whatever he did, it shut him down quick, right? <laughs> I have often thought, what if, if Jesus had, I don't know about often, a couple of times, I've, if Jesus had actually written something that was recorded for us, would that be like the most tattooed thing ever, you know? <laughs> like, He's <I don't> <laughs> like, this is what Jesus wrote. We're going to put, you know, like, ah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's why he did, yeah. <laughs> bunch of Christians running around with put your rocks down or something. I don't know. This is something weird. So there you go. Good, 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 good. Excellent. Well, if you think of more, let me know. I'm, I would love to continue to add to this. Like that, this is what I am looking for with feedback on this. I think, I think the book has a pretty decent skeleton to it. It just needs a lot more examples and fleshing out. So, um, All right, so then we get to, so attitudes of intention. Um, and intention you know, the, the how is one part of intention, but Ecclesiastes 12.9, um, I realized a couple of months ago, I hadn't read through Ecclesiastes in a hot minute. It is such a beautifully applicable book to any and all points of our lives. Like, it's just a wonderful book. Um, as soon as I get comfortable with Hebrew, that may be our first stop. But uh, So Ecclesiastes 12.9, I'm talking about 2045, 2050-ish times. Uh, in, in addition to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught the people knowledge he weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs. And arranged many proverbs. So arrange here means to write. Uh, weighed is to test. Explore is to push up against. So this idea of, you know, how do we come up with condensed portions of truth that we can share that are easily communicated? Um, but there's another sense to the word arrange, and it's not just, and, and when you are writing Hebrew poetry, the order in which you put things tells a story as well. And I think this is something that we don't spend a lot of time on when we answer people too quickly. You know, we're in this, we're in this section of sharing, so we have 
prayed, we have heard, we have thought, we have studied. Now it's time to engage and to open our mouths and to share with each other. Um, and I think many times we don't stop to think, is this the best way to sequence or to order this particular conversation? Um, one of the things I had somebody do that read a very early draft of this book was to have me go back and apply all the principles in the book to the book, which resulted in the rearrangement of a few of the actions and the attitudes, because uh, it felt like this should come first and this should come before this, so that there's a logical sequence to this as well. But um, you know, how do we arrange the answer? So as you are going through and giving feedback, if you have any feedback on, there's a better way to arrange this. Cool. I'm happy to hear it. It'd be great. And then uh, an attitude of intention, that kind of the last component that I would see would be um, know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when to walk away. Uh, Proverbs 20, this is, I think it's, uh, that's the, probably the best modern paraphrase of Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness or he'll become wise in his own eyes. Right? So there's a time to answer, there's a time not to answer. Actually, I said that backward. There's a time not to answer, and then there's a time to answer. So if we were to apply the arrangement to Proverbs 26, 4, and 5, it feels like the don't answer might happen more often than the do answer, which feels like Jesus' response here. Oh, that's good. Look at there. When we apply scripture to scripture, we get beautiful things. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So we have to know when to engage and when not to engage. So this is attitude of intention. So second uh, attitude is lowliness. It felt so good to write those sentences right there. I am not right all the time. Woo in fact, I am wrong far, off, uh, far more often than I am right. It, it was, in fact, stress-relieving to write that. So I put the emotion in there, too. I was like, well, you should, you should share in this. It's good. So Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. So there's this sense of, like, I, <laughs> I'm going to engage in a way that adorns the gospel and makes Jesus beautiful and doesn't exalt me or my hot take on whatever, but keeps, you know, as Daryl would say, the main thing, the main thing. Um, I did have a little bit of a Baptist moment uh, come out in me at the top of page 68. Uh, the second sentence in that first paragraph, our speech, especially about the Bible, should be calm and clear, not curt and coarse. I think that's all of my alliteration in the whole book right there. So, like one sentence, I felt like I had to at least hat tip to my Baptist background, and that was that. So if Presbyterians pick this book up one day, I'm sorry, guys. Like, that, that's it right there. Uh, and then obviously we have to remember that John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Like, that is, that's it. That's a wonderful life goal, you know. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of sermons on, you know, what do you want written on your tombstone? Um, Jesus is awesome would be a fantastic quote. <laughs> like, who's this? Jesus is awesome. <laughs> you know, like, it's not about us. It's just, it's just not about us. Uh, I had to have at least one Bob Goff quote in here. So when we care more about what our faith looks like than what it is, it's time to take a walk around the block. Right. 
he's a nice guy, but he can cut to the heart too. <laughs> so third attitude here is calm. Um, so Proverbs 17, 27, the one who has knowledge restrains his words, and the one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. So if we look at the life of Jesus Christ, this was not somebody who got carried away. Right? Knocking over the money changers' tables was not something he did every week. It was something he did once. Right? This was not his normal habit. Uh, attitude four is patience. It's never rushed. Again, Proverbs 18, 13, the one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and a disgrace for, and a disgrace for him. Uh, I promise this chapter is not about social media, but you could... Easily, you know, um, I know in my own life, in the last two and a half years, I have become an expert on so many topics. Like, it's just unbelievable, all the expertise that I have developed in so many topics. This is sarcasm. Yes, there we go. Uh, Proverbs twenty six seventeen: a person who's passing by and meddles in a quarrel that's not his own is like one who grabs a dog by the ears. How many of y'all have dogs? Any dogs? When was the last time you jerked your dog up by the ears? You do this often? No, not really. There's a wonderful picture on the internet about President Johnson uh, grabbing a dog by the ears. Uh, I actually showed this picture when we taught uh, sort of this kind of content several years ago. And the great thing was you got all these guys in, all these old white guys in suits uh, standing around the president who has this dog and he's like picking him up off the ground by his ears. And all these guys standing around in suits are smiling and laughing. And I thought, okay, it's like two things here. One, that's dumb. And two, idiots always get a crowd. Like foolishness is popular. It's really, really popular. But I don't think it's going to turn out long-term well for the person holding the dog by the ears or the dog. So somewhere Darla Skinner is, knows that I'm talking about her. So there we go. There's my, my animal moment for the day. <laughs> So what do we do with these attitudes, these attitudes of intention, lowliness, calm, and patience? Well, speak the truth in love, right? Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and he, gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. And we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves, blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. So are we the focus there? Not quite. Right? This is being built up uh, in the body of Christ. I love the, the carefulness. You know, we, uh, right to life Sunday, we tend to have a, uh, a leaning toward, I was knit together in my mother's womb, right? We hear that verse a lot. But, but if you look at this verse here, it talks about from him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. So not only is he that he craft each one of us individually, but he is crafting us together into him. Like, I, I, the mental picture of this, give me just a second of liberty here. Like I've got, I've got a thread of Shanda that I'm gonna weave in 
and I've got a thread of Thesa that I'm going to weave in. Ooh, ooh, I need a little Bruce. Oh, I need a little Matt here. I, I need... And knitting together this beautiful thing so that we can be the body that we should be. But none of that has anything to do <clears throat> with us other than our part is to speak the truth in love. So action number two, trusting God. So... Brian Smith and I have spent a lot of time in the last year or so talking through the intimidating nature of, of sharing God's word with others. Right? There is a gravity and a seriousness and a substantiveness to this. I hope that's a word, substantiveness. It sounds good if it's not. Uh, and, and it is terrifying at times to take a, a central teaching of Scripture and to try to make sure that it is handled and threaded appropriately. Um, but at the same time, none of this is up to me, and I rejoice <laughs> because I am not ultimately the one doing the completing or the equipping here. So 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So let me ask you a question. Let's talk about active verbs and passive verbs for just a second. So active verbs are ones where the subject does the acting. Passive verbs are ones where the subject is acted upon. Okay? So, Zeke, if I, if I asked you to stand up and you stood up on your own account, you would be acting in an active way. If I asked you to stand up and you didn't stand up and I went over and picked you up, that would be me actively working on you and you passively would be standing. So do you think this word for complete is active or passive? So Thesa votes for active. It's passive. I literally just looked it up like 10 minutes ago. I had a thought popped in my head. I thought, you know what? Not 10. It was probably 30. <laughs> 10 minutes ago I was teaching, so sorry. Yeah, it's passive. Because... Who is doing the completing in the life of a believer? This is the Lord's work, right? It's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I might do or say or engage in a way that God allows me to be part of what he is doing, but it is his work. Yes, Mitch? So we may be actively involved in the study. Yes. Only the Holy Spirit enlightens us. Oh, that's good. We may be actively involved in the study, but it's only the Holy Spirit who is teaching. That's right. Absolutely. Amen. Jim, yes, ma'am. I love side notes. You see all the footnotes in this book? Those are just like side notes. <laughs> yes, I know. It's a beautiful verse. It's actually two right there, but yes. And I see a typo. There we go. If you spot the typo on that page, I am beyond impressed because it's really more about formatting. So. so what do we do? We trust him with this. So our summary statement for this particular section is share with love and trust. Share with love and trust. So that's chapter 5 and then chapter 6, which wasn't actually technically part of our process when we went through like all of Mark. I just kept saying it, and then I realized, 
This actually should be part of our Bible study process. Otherwise, it's just a club, right? That we're exclusive and like, no, 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 no. Like we, we, we need to engage. Um, and I come right out of the bat on chapter, on chapter 10 here in step six is I'm an introvert. Like this wears me out. <laughs> I love you guys deeply, but uh, I am tired after engaging a church. <laughs> uh, but that does not excuse me from engaging as we should. So at the top of page 74, second paragraph there, uh, Bible study is not for a select few intellectuals. Like I, I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say to me, in this building, well, you know, that, like studying is like, that's not my thing. Like, well, how are you going to get to know Jesus? <laughs> like, he becomes so much more beautiful the more we know about God. How are we going to obey as we should? Like, this is, this is for all of God's family. Um, and there was one and only one time where my editor wrote the word, whoa. Like, this was good. And it was that last sentence before our attitudes, yes, the way of Jesus is narrow, but the invitation is wide. I was like, oh, well, then we are going to talk about that if you thought that was good. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, so the invitation is wide, absolutely. So our attitudes here are urgency. Um, the world is not getting better. Um, we have limited time in a broken world. So Ephesians 5.16, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Colossians 4, 5, act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Um, I went to a, the first college that I went to, uh, the prior president would speak in chapel periodically, and he had this quote that he would use sometimes. He said, uh, the most sobering fact in the world today is that people are dying and going to hell today. Well, there's a Debbie Downer statement for you, right? It's like, talk, how to kill the mood in any room right there. Now, the reality is that should actually encourage us to, like, who, who can we be engaging? Who can we be uh, participating with? Because this is really significant work that we are involved in. And urgency is one of our attitudes here. Now, it's not urgency to the point where we're not... Uh, taking care of our families, where we're not obeying uh, the way the, the Lord tells us to live. But there is a sense of urgency in that Christ's return is imminent. So let's make the most of this time. Uh, second attitude here is obedience. So Luke 14, 23, Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and make them come in so that my house may be filled. I still think it's incredible that we get to be participants with the Father, Son, and Spirit in the salvation of our family, friends, and neighbors. Like that is just, that a holy God would, would engage us in his work is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. So with this sense of urgency, with this sense of obedience, what do we do with that? Well, we invite those inside. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That word neglecting, and it is incredibly difficult to see here, but this is actually a, uh, I don't know the right word here, Mitch. It's, it's a nautical-ish word, 
Um, when you are scheduled, if you're on a, I always mess this up, boat slash ship. Ship, ship, you're on a ship. I always mess it up, I always mess it up, sorry, I apologize. And you have a scheduled stop at a port and you do not make that stop. That's what that word neglecting is referring to. It's a nautical term for skipping a stop you were scheduled to make. That make sense? So let me read it again. So let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not skipping a stop we were supposed to make in gathering together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There we go. So invite those inside. So provoking to love and to good works those that are in the family. Engaging with each other and not neglecting to gather. So action number two, invite those outside. If this feels comprehensive, it was my attempt to be outside. Um, So everyone is made in the image of God, which is awesome, and therefore worthy of an invitation. So go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite them to the wedding feast. Jesus is coming again. Amen? And we get to participate in the engagement of the entire world, both with each other and with those on the outside. So let us invite everyone. Invite everyone. So if you flip back, oh, it's actually right there on page 76. Cool. That's awesome. A summary of the six steps. So the homework for each. So pray for help with the text. Hear the text read aloud. Think slowly about the text. Study the text with all available resources. Share with love and trust and invite everyone. And the first letter of each of those spells nothing, and that is on purpose. (laughs) I did not want to be so arrogant as to build a closed, defined process that couldn't be updated later. Right. This is the thing that I, I struggle with. You, know, you come up with these, these amazing statements like, this is it. And then 20 years later, we left something out. <laughs> well, that doesn't spell a word now, so what do we do? It's like, it's okay. Right? It's okay. It's okay. It really is. All right. So any feedback on that chapter 6 about inviting others, things that could be added, things that weren't clear, things that were unhelpful? I tried to stay out of, thank you for that. I tried to stay out of the preachy kind of feel for the book. Um, Not that the whole thing is just like, let's go do this, but kind of, let's go do this. Um, I think we have a bad habit of beating up on each other when we don't necessarily need to, so.
Oh, wow. Amen. I did not know where you were going when you started. <clears throat> and you landed that plane beautifully, my brother. <laughs> so for those of you online that couldn't hear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can say it back to you. You tell me if I get it wrong, okay? So we're lazy. Like, I'm lazy. You're lazy. You said you were lazy, so I can point at you and say you're lazy. So there we go. Okay, great. I'm lazy. And for example, like when we get our news, we expect and rely on other sources to aggregate, to report out, to summarize whatever happened in the truth, right? And it gets sent back to us and we accept that and move on. And we have a tendency to do that at church as well. We rely on teachers and preachers to summarize and aggregate and report out and communicate what the truth is as opposed to engaging directly with the text ourselves so that we know I think you're actually describing the passage. Where's the Bereans passage? They, it's Acts 17, 11. Yeah. I, I've had to argue this one twice for its merits to be in the book, so I think I know the, the reference at this point. Uh, is that, is that kind of where you're going, though? Like, we have an obligation to go directly to and find, boy, that's good. That's really good. And it, that's a timely word for the culture that we're in with varying views on media and truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Creatures, they, they go through them. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I promise you, I've never taught a perfect lesson. <laughs> I promise you. Um, I I worked really, really hard trying to get to where I could read all of Mark's gospel in 38 minutes because I wanted our last week in Mark's Gospel for me to just read the entire thing. I could not get it in less than 47. And that was going to be my one perfect lesson. <laughs> it was nothing but Scripture the entire time. <laughs> um, so maybe there'll be a lesson where I can do that. But that is a beautiful thought. All right, I'm going to jot that down for a second. Now I'm debating whether to put that at the beginning of the book or the end of the book. It may be a good summary at the end as an encouragement to let's circle back to the beginning and remind us of, yes. And we're just riding on the tails of that statement. We get angry with God that we don't understand, that we don't have to support all these things. Yeah, so, so one of the upsides to videoing myself is that I get to uh, watch and be reminded of all my awful quirks and foibles. Uh, one of the downsides is that I have to repeat for the people online things that are personally convicting to me uh, when you guys say them because they can't actually hear you. So I don't want to say that. Uh, so you're going to say it really loud again. Just to just right on the back end of that statement, 
think so many times God would actively work and move in the salvation of a, of a person if we were actively moving and interceding on behalf mm -hmm. of that person and actively praying and going to him earnestly every day and not giving up. Yeah. But yet we, we, we don't do that. We don't put in the time and yet we get angry that God is not working when I mean, he's, he makes it clear that uh, my people who are called by my name will seek my face and uh, I'll heal their land and work. I'm going to paraphrase it back a slightly different way. We get angry and frustrated at God because of the result of our laziness. Uh, and we ascribe our laziness to his unfaithfulness or blessing in our lives. It sounded, this is just, like that doesn't get better. Like you can't massage that message. Like make this nice. Nope. That's just two by four. So awesome. We'll end with a two by four. So there we go. So that's chapter, whatever it was, 10. Yeah, chapter 10. And then next week, we're just going to, um, I don't know exactly how we'll do it. We've done this a couple of times in Sunday school, and I always think it's fascinating. We'll pick some chapter of the Bible, uh, and I don't know it now, and you guys will actually pick it. So I'll ask you a bunch of random numbers, and we'll apply that to some picking something, and we'll pick a chapter, and we'll study that next week. But we'll try to apply uh, this process to the text. So we'll be in pages 80, 81, 82, 83, and 84 uh, next week. And uh, I'm excited about that. So you should have at your table a weekly update. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, we finished uh, our, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, because we have rolling open enrollment in this class. So anybody that wants to join can join at any point in time. Uh, but if you didn't, like, recommit, to the membership expectations during the month of June, and hello everybody online, this is for you guys too, uh, then the prayer requests associated with those folks who did not recommit in June, I pulled those off, so if you notice the line on the page is at a different spot, that's because what that is, but uh, there's that. So if you would pick a section or two, because they're a little thinner now, and uh, if you'll pray as a table, then you are dismissed to go and to worship this one who is worthy of all of our efforts to learn more about him so that we can actually do what he has called us to do. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.